Well, thank you for uh, just giving me the opportunity to come and speak this morning. And I'm a fifth year, I guess, MDiv student. I started my journey several years ago. And uh, I'm currently the pastor, youth pastor at Forest Hills Baptist Church here on the east side of St. John. And I grew up in this area, And uh, but about six years ago, five years ago, um, really after a long journey of God calling me to ministry, finally uprooted myself and my family. And we moved to the Valley and uh, kind of served at Berg Baptist Church there for a couple of years and studied full time for a few years. And now um, we're back, God called us back after a few years there to back to the city and back to uh, Forest Hills. We're back to St. John and, uh, and I'm serving at Forest Hills Baptist. So it's so good. It's so good. So I'm just going to come. We're going to pray again, if that's okay. I, I just, I like surrendering things over to God uh, before I speak. So we're just going to ask God to come and, and speak uh, just in our midst, to come and speak into our lives and our hearts because um, what he wants to say, I can't say it, only he can say it. So let's just come and just, uh, and just ask God to come and, and just penetrate our hearts today as we open his word. So, so Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful that we can gather uh, just as a community, as a college, but we can still unite, even though we're in different cities, different towns, different provinces, Lord. By your spirit, you are with us and you're present with us and you're in our midst today. And we just ask that as we come and just look to your word, we pray that you would just open our hearts to receive just whatever it is that you want us to receive today and open our ears to hear whatever it is you want us to hear today. And, and so we just surrender these next few moments to you, Lord, because like I said, like we all know, whatever you have to say today, I can't say it. No one needs to hear from me. We all need to hear from you. And so I just pray that you would just come and just be in our midst and just we would just hear clearly from you what you want us to hear today. And so we just give these next few moments together and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it's possible for us to uh, build our lives on soil that's just going to, I think, choke us out in the end. It's possible for us to, to build our lives on things that are just going to shrivel us up, dry us up, and choke us out at the end of the day. That's a possibility for us and for any human being on planet earth today. And we can build our lives on so many things that have no eternal value and no eternal significance and things that are not of God, not of the kingdom and not Jesus. That's a reality today. And whatever we're filling our lives with and whatever we're consuming uh, with our lives, these are the things, as I'm sure you're aware of, these are the things that influence us and mold us and shape us and shape our lives. And so I think it's, it's important for us to know what we're filling our lives with and what we're consuming with our lives and whether these things are just gonna choke us out and derail us at the end of the day. And I don't know if you ever had the pleasant experience of choking before, not like choking up on a stage or anything like that, but eating food and choking. And when I was a kid, when I was younger, I had some kind of issue where I would constantly, a lot of the time, choke on my food. And as I entered into adulthood, thankfully, uh, this little whatever it is sort of faded away. I don't have this problem really anymore. But when I was younger, a lot of the time, it was common for me, you know, I don't know, at least once a week or a few times a week for food to go down slowly or to even get lodged in my esophagus. 
and I, I'm not, I never really choked, like food would get stuck in my windpipe and I needed the Heimlich. But quite often I would eat food and it would get lodged in my esophagus or it would go down extremely slow. And, and if you've ever experienced that, you know that your initial response is to get a drink of water with the hope or a drink of something with the hope that it would push the food down. And it got to the point where I knew when food was getting lodged, so I knew that even whatever I drank wouldn't push the food down. And, uh, but whenever, you know, that happened, whenever the food would get lodged, my immediate response would to get a drink, get a drink of water, drink of milk, whatever was on the table. And thankfully, sometimes it would slowly get pushed down, but there were times where the water would just come back up. And at, in that moment, I would just hightail it to the bathroom and I would just do everything in my power to get the food down or get the food up. And more often it was getting that food up is what happened. And I'll spare you all those details, but I'm just wondering today and asking today, are there things that we are consuming? Are there things that we're filling our lives with that, that need to get out of our system? that need to get out of our life because they're going to choke us out and they're going to derail us and they're going to send us down the wrong path and they're going to hinder us from becoming the people that God has created us to become. And so let me just ask you, like, what do we desire to fill our lives with? You know, what are we longing to fill our lives with? What are we longing to consume with our lives? You know, are we filling our lives with things that are leading us towards life, which is Christ? Or are we filling our lives with things that are just going to lead us towards death and lead us further and further and further away from God? And the world is appetizing, isn't it? We're all infatuated with the world and we're just constantly being drawn into the things that the world is trying to sell us, all the billboards and all the advertising and we're looking at other people's lives and what they got. And we're constantly saying, like, I need that. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And oh, I need two of those. Or, oh, that's a new thing. I definitely need that in my life. You know, we're constantly looking around, seeing what we can fill our lives with and what we're trying to consume our lives with. And, you know, I think we're just a bunch of addicts, really, at the end of the day. And I'm not thinking of anyone specifically here, but just humanity as a whole, we're just we're addicted to so many things, aren't we? We're addicted to social media. We're addicted to consumerism. We're addicted to, you know, pleasure and self-gratification and all these things. And some of that stuff isn't inherently evil, but we've corrupted it all and we've abused it. And if we just fill our lives with all these things that the world is trying to sell us, then I think at the end of the day, we're just going to get choked out and we're going to get dried up and our lives are going to just get derailed. And it's just really ultimately going to lead us further and further and further away from the source of life. And that is God. And so let's just jump in. We're going to look at a few passages of scripture here in the gospel of John. We're going to hover around John's gospel. And, uh, and so hopefully you're up for it. We're going to jump initially into John chapter six. And so in John six, if you're familiar with the passage, beautiful chapter, Jesus is already, he's fed. 5,000 people, we know that Sunday school story, right? With some loaf, with some bread and some fish. He's walked out on the water in the storm with his disciples there right there on the boat, having a hard time. And now the crowds are looking for him. They're searching for him. And he begins to enter into this bread of life discourse. 
And so we're just going to jump into it and just we're going to sit at the feet of the master today and just hear what Jesus has to say to us. Because there is something or someone that we need to be consuming and that we need to be filling our lives with. And I'm sure we all aware of who that is. But let's just hear from John's gospel. John 5. We're going to jump up and begin at verse 35. And this is what it says. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I'll never drive away. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I'll raise them up at the last day. Now we're going to have a little bit of an echo here back to Exodus when the Israelites were grumbling um, in the wilderness. And when God provided them this manna from heaven, this cake, bread stuff, you know. And so we got a little bit of echo going on. Verse 41, at this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven, they said. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I come down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will be so they they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. We're getting this. Just hang on. I know it's a long passage, but we just need to hear Jesus today. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I'll give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I'll raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. So I know it's a little bit of a lengthy passage, but it's really the last part of that that I want us to hear and want us to see. And I know there's some vampire, twilight, cannibalistic language that's being used. But I love the image that that we're left with. I love the image. It's an image of us consuming Jesus, right? And I know we got some Eucharist sort of aspects to it that's that's going on. But 
But I love the image. It's an image of us consuming Jesus. It's an image of us feasting on Jesus. It's us saying, I need to get Jesus inside of me. That I need his life in me. I need his life in my life. I need him in me. And I actually need more and more of him in me. And so back to the question today is, you know, what do we need to be filling our lives with? And what do we need to be consuming with our lives? Well, you know, ding, ding, ding. We got the Sunday school answer today. Not really anything too difficult today. The answer is Jesus. We need to be filling our lives with him and consuming him. Oh, Jesus is available today. Well, yes, good. I want more of Jesus. Oh, Jesus is on the menu today. Oh, he's the special of the day today. Yes, please. I need him. Right? Oh, it's all you can eat today. Imagine that, all you can eat. Well, yes, fill up the plate because I need and I want more of him in me. You know, is that our heart's desire today, church? Is that what we're longing for today? Do we want more of Jesus in our lives? Do we want to feast on him? Or are we just completely content with, you know, selling out to the world and just trying to consume with all, you know, trying to get all the sugary goodness that the, good, that the world has to offer to us. Is this what we want to consume? Or do we want to consume life? I want to just back the train tracks up a little bit here for us. And we're going to just, I, I want us to hear another story. It's not as long. We're not going to read as long of a chapter or section as that was. But I want us to hear uh, another story where someone is longing for something and thirsty for something and desiring something. And I want to go to John chapter four. And we know this story well. We know this encounter with Jesus and this Samaritan woman at the well. And unfortunately, we don't have the time to do a deep dive and unpack everything that's going on. And, and I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with the details of the story, but I just want us to see what this woman is longing for and what is she desiring. So John four, let's just hear it. We're going to begin at first one. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. 
Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And so we're just going to pause there. I'm sure you know how the story unfolds. They talk about worship. And uh, she's blown away really by who he is, goes to the town, brings everyone back, and the town is all saved. But I just, I want us to see what the woman is longing for. And we see in the story, in the account, that she's longing for this living water, that she wants living water. She's desiring this living water, and, and living water is not well water, right? Living water is flowing water, it's running water, it's moving water, like a stream or a river. And so where they're at in this story... You know, there is no living water nearby, or so she thinks. And it's my understanding that living water was used in these ritual washings in order to make unclean people clean and pure again. You know, living water was used to purify people from defilement. And so I think we get a little bit of a window into the reason why this woman wants the living water. You know, she wants the living water because she wants to be cleansed, because she wants to be restored, right? Because of her relational history and because of all the baggage that she's bringing, you know, tagging along and carrying, you know, through her life, you know, she's been rejected and she's been, you know, unwanted and she's an outcast in her society. And I think that she wants this living water so she could be cleansed and restored into you know, a right standing, a better standing in her society. And for me, it's like she's saying to Jesus, you know, if you can offer me that, if you can offer me that living water, then I want you. Because I need to get that living water in me. And she finds exactly what she longs for and she finds exactly what she desires in Jesus, who is the living water. Right? The living water that satisfies and gives life. And so is this what we want, church? Is this what we're longing for? Do we desire to fill our lives with this bread and with this water? Or are we just completely content, again, with just filling our lives with just temporary things and things that were never intended to last and things that were never really intended to satisfy our deep thirst and our deep hunger? things that don't really give life, things that just lead us to death ultimately. What are we longing for? And what are we desiring? And so I just wanna take us to one final place, if that's okay, just before we sort of wind down here this morning. There's this one place I wanna just take us in John's gospel, and it's probably the most glorious sight in scripture. And you know what it is? Sure you do, you know what it is, don't you? It's the cross of Jesus. 
It's the death of Jesus. And I want to take us to John 19 just before we kind of close this morning. And so here we are, John 19, Jesus, his life and his mission is winding down. And he's dying on a Roman cross, pouring out his life, right? And as we know, he's dying for the sins of the world. And so just before he declares it's finished, I just want us to hear a very powerful thing to me anyways. I think it can be powerful if we see this and what Jesus says hanging on this cross. So John 19 just one sentence at all it is. Verse 28. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled. Listen, this is it. This, this is it. Jesus said, I am thirsty. Or I thirst. Jesus hanging on a cross is crying out, I am thirsty. And you might be like, well, I don't get it. What's, who cares? What's the point? He's saying he's thirsty. And that's the point. You know, we just heard him say this at the well, right? That he's thirsty. And I think if Jesus is saying this at some picnic table up in Galilee somewhere, I probably wouldn't think anything of it. But context is everything, right? This is what I've learned at ADC, studying scripture. You got to understand context. And John's gospel is a highly symbolic gospel. And Jesus isn't in Galilee and he isn't hanging out at a well here and he isn't hanging out at a picnic table. He's hanging on a Roman cross here and he's crying out, I am thirsty. And see what the beautiful thing is, I think, is that Jesus, who's the living water, right? The living water is becoming thirsty. The living water is thirsty on that cross. The living water is becoming like the thirsty on that cross. Jesus Christ, the living water that satisfies the soul and quenches the thirst, that gives life and cleanses us here, hanging on a Roman cross is crying out, I am thirsty. I am thirsty. And he's becoming thirsty on that cross. And he's stepping into the place of the thirsty. And by the way, you're the thirsty. And I'm the thirsty. And Jesus is stepping into your place on that cross. And he's stepping into my place on that cross, fully identifying himself with you and with me. And, you know, the living water, Jesus became thirsty so we could thirst for him. So we could thirst for him. And he became thirsty so we wouldn't have to, you know, choke on all these things that we were never intended to swallow. He became thirsty so we could breathe again, so we can come to life again, so we could become more alive and so we could become more human, right? This is why he became thirsty for us, the living water, if we can grasp this, the living water becoming thirsty for you and for me. And so there's just really one thing I think God is saying for us and maybe God's saying all kinds of things to us and on an individual level. But I think together he's saying one thing. And I think what Jesus is saying to us today is this. He's saying, I can give you more is what he's saying. I can give you more. I can give you more than whatever you're choking on today. And I can give you more than whatever you're trying to fill your life with. And whatever you're trying to consume in this life, I can give you more. I'm the living water. I can give you more. I'm the bread of life and I'm the giver of life.
I can give you more. I am the maker of your heart. I'm the molder of you. I'm the creator of you. I can give you more. That's what Jesus is saying to us today. I can give you more. And so this is the promise. And this is really the, the invitation that God is extending to you and to me today. As Andrew sang a few moments ago, we're invited to keep coming back to the well. Do we thirst to come back to the well to get a drink from the living water? Do we thirst for that? Do we hunger for that? And this is an amazing invitation that God is extending to you and to me, people really not worthy apart from the grace of Jesus, to come and have ourselves completely satisfied and fulfilled in consuming Jesus. And so we're invited to come back to the well and we're invited to come back to the table day and day and day, day after day, to come and feast on him and to consume him. Because I think, and I believe this is what God is saying, that we desperately need more and more and more of him in our lives. And so there you go. I don't know, thinking about this talk and thinking about talking to a bunch of professional Christians, I didn't know if this would line up at all, but this is what God gave me. This is my heart for us today. And it's just for him. It's just to chase after him and seek him, fall in love with him and just want him above everything else in life. Because at the end of the day, I think this world is just going to be done. And the only one left standing is Jesus. The only name left standing is Jesus. No other name, no other thing that we're craving, that we try to consume our lives with is going to last. It's all going to fade. And Jesus is going to be left standing. And so I just want to encourage you, man, just consume Jesus. Fill your life with Jesus. And you can do that by just eating his word, spending time in prayer, worshiping him, coming close to him. And Jesus came to earth. He walked on earth so we could walk with him and be with him and know him and feast on him. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for us as we close. So, Lord, just thank you that you became flesh for us. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to come and experience the limitations of humanity. You didn't have to come and pour your life out for us every day that you walked on planet earth and ultimately at the cross. But you did that for us so we can know you, so we can consume you, so we can have life in you. And so Lord, it's just, it's my prayer today that you would just give us a fresh love for you, that we wouldn't just be so distracted by the things of the world and the glitz and glamour and all the new things and just the things that the world is advertising and promoting and things that to the flesh look appealing. But God, I pray you just give us a new love for you, a new hunger for you, a thirst for you. And so wherever we are in life, I pray, I just pray that over us today that, that, that you would just give us that desire to want to know you and just feast on you and have life that you're offering to us. And so God, we just ask all of this and pray all of this in the one name that satisfies. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.